Namaste, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Great. All right. So we are here uh, at the first day of Panchaganapati. It's a nice auspicious day for this class to fall on. And um, Chaitanya is going to give us sort of a, almost like an origin story here for, for Mushika, or Ganesha's ride. And uh, we'll hear more about that. And we might have, a, I think you, you have prepared a little bit about Panchaganapati. Um, hopefully, if you all have a chance to tune in um, to El Dorado at uh, what 9 a.m., right? Uh, Mountain time? Different time each day. Oh, it's different times each day. Interesting. Okay, well, we will stay tuned to that. Um, but yeah, to learn more about the, the holiday. But I'll turn over to you, Chaitanya. You can take it away from here, and then we'll be back for Kirtan and Meditation from Konalani. Um, today, the story is about, as Satyam had said, Ganesha's vehicle, um, the little mouse, Mushika, as he's known, or also another name for the mouse is Anindyu. In the story, the name of the mouse is Kraunchā. If you happen to look up Mushika, Ganesha's vehicle, you might see these three different names by which they're, he's called, it's called, she's called. Um, and um, it depends on which story of the origin story of uh, the vehicle you happen to be looking up. So the one we're going to be looking at today is the one called Kaunchā. Okay, so, slide. Yes. So we'll start with today, Pancha Ganapati. And Ganesha is everywhere at this time, these five days. Celebrations lasting more than a single day. And the way these celebrations work is they uh, invite us to engage in widening circles of our karma, different people that are involved in our lives in different degrees of separation, if you will. And each day is um, dedicated to a different, let's say, circle of our karmic connections. For example, the first day, we're invited to focus on ourselves and our immediate family and um, talk with them about things that might have happened in the course of the year, resolve our differences, um, do a little puja, do some um, meditation together, gather together, share a feast. And the same activity extends out on the second day to include our friends and extended family and relatives and maybe the larger circle of um, our acquaintances. And between the family and the friends, there's also the sangha that's involved, uh, our sangha. And so on, it extends out even further. And the third day, I don't know if you can see it right at the bottom, it's supposed to represent different people engaged in our public lives in the course of our, you know, might go grocery shopping, it might be people in the grocery store, it might be um, businesses, if you're engaged in the business, your customers, or if you happen to be an employee, your colleagues, or you know, just in the more public sphere of our lives. And then so on, it goes out even beyond that to include different aspects of our life. A huge part of the um, celebrations here involve giving thanks and being grateful for the arts and the artists that are a part of our lives that enrich our lives and our celebrations in these five days. So that includes your hobbies and the others and 
maybe even professional artists that you might know. And we all know a few very good um, accomplished artists in the Sangha, of course. And then, you know, over the course of these four days and the fifth day, we reach out to the more um, ethereal connections to the, the loka as a whole, to all sentient living beings. And our awareness expands past these five karmic aspects from the things that we relate to in the physical and the personal, our thing, to the more subtle and universal aspects. Hopefully, at the end of it all, reaching out and attaining union with Shiva, with the universal consciousness as is. So, in a nutshell, this describes the Panchaganapati celebrations that are going to happen, that are happening over these five days. And I thought it'd be a very nice time to focus on Ganesha and specifically Mushak. And a very specific aspect of Mushak that I thought was interesting is how Mushaka mouse represents our karmic manifestations over these five days. They have some correlation with the, um, in Kashmir Shaivism, what's called the five sheets, the Kanchukas that limit our awareness of Shiva, whether it's our abilities, we're not omnipotent. So there's some limitation of the ability. We're not omniscient. We're not, we don't have full knowledge. So there are this different coverings or limitations that are imposed on our existence, on our mind, on our awareness that limit our experience of Shiva. And over the course of these five days, we explore our karma and invoke Ganesha in order to surrender to the play of Shakti and hopefully attain union with Shiva, which is our practice. So as I said, Pancha Ganapati aids in expanding our awareness past these five sheets, the five aspects of our karma over different days. And our practices that we do aim at surrender, tune into the Shakti, right, to the, the working of the Shakti that moves our awareness towards universal consciousness, what we call Shiva, towards, as Babaji had said, perfection. And Ganesha's energy for me is always invoked by the wish to grow, as Rudy had said. In the beginning of almost all my practices, whatever I do on the cushion, in front of the altar, anywhere else, it's always reaching in and trying to connect with my wish to grow, to be bigger than just my ego and my mind. And that always invokes Ganesha for me and helps remove these obstacles. With that, we'll go into the story of Mushaka, who illustrates exactly what these obstacles might be. Right? Brief pause to see if anybody unmutes. And we move on. So the story today is going to be about Indra, Indra Loka, the celestial beings, devas as they're called in Hindu um, mythology. And in this court, I don't know if you can quite see at the bottom left, there's a pillared hall, very grand affair with rishis and sages and other devas and celestial beings that include all of Brahma's creation. And there are different classes of beings too, Gandharvas, Kinnaras, and so on and so forth. We'll see a couple of those mentioned in our Guru Gita also. Deva Kinnara Gandharva, Pitaro Yakshagana. 
and so on and so forth. They're all assembled there in Indra's um, hall. And among those assembled, there was one musician. He was in fact a rock star, very well known back in the day in the assembly. And his name was Krauncha. And as a result of his popularity and his accomplishments and his skill, as is normal, he developed a huge ego. He became really proud, you know, really jealous. And he did a bit of this and a bit of that. And you can see the attitude. So it led to absenteeism once in a while. He often lingered in the back behind the halls. He didn't feel himself equal to everybody there and didn't quite mingle, right? And didn't, you know, come and attend the concerts of the other musicians or the, the other goings on. He just felt, you know, he was above it all. In this uh, um, state of affairs, Indra one day called on him and says, Krauncha, come, please perform for us today. And Krauncha being the rock star that he was sashayed in, coming up to the dais and he bounced right in. And as he was bouncing along, as you saw, he happened to step on the feet of one particularly accomplished sage who was sitting there in the back. His name was Sage Vamadeva. Of course, Vamadeva started loudly protesting what had happened, but for Krauncha, it felt like in his ego, the way it played out in his mind, it was applause, adoration. People were welcoming his arrival into the assembly. He didn't think that anybody could be upset with him. No, not for him. It was all applause, adoration all for him. And the sage Vamadeva was very, very angry. He was furious at that point. And these sages have this habit of letting loose when they get that angry. And sure enough, um, sage Vamadeva cursed him and said, enough pretensions. Let your physical form reflect your nature. Whatever you are on the inside, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're acting out, let you change into that. And with that poor Krauncha, man started transforming. He started to dissolve and he transformed into this huge mountain-sized mouse. And the mountain size, the huge size is because of the size of his ego. And this is a very unexpected turn of affairs for Krauncha. He was this rock star one minute and the next minute he becomes this little rodent, not little, huge rodent. And this is the point in the story. And I, by the way, I heard this story from my uh, grandmother first. And I would always ask, why a mouse of all things? Why a rodent? Why couldn't it be like a tiger because of the ego? And why couldn't it be like, you know, one of these other animals? And yeah, precisely, why a rodent? And the answer that I got, and I think that makes a lot of sense to me, is the rodent represents our pride. It's there in our minds, but it's invisible to us. If we're being affected by our ego, by our pride, we're never aware of that behavior. We always think that we're very humble and very nice and approachable, but we're acting out our ego. It's manifest in our karma. And that is represented by the mouse because the ego is never visible to us hides in the narrow and dark spaces in our minds. It occupies these small gaps and little spaces. When you try to look for it, you'll never find it. You always think, I always think, I'm not very egotistical, I'm very humble. 
<laughs> and the ego is the kind of thing, just like a mouse, that avoids open, bright areas. It always sees those as being very threatening. So the uh, my ego or my sense of self is a spotlight being shined on it by my teacher or by others. You know, there's a negative aspect that comes in and says, oh, no, 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 it's not my fault. I'm perfect. It's actually somebody else's fault, right? You can never quite catch that ego. It's very um, elusive. And its biggest trick is to blame others, right? That reflect our own limitations. And this is the explanation I got on why a rodent. It kind of made sense to me. And says, yeah, okay. So Ganesha was dealing with a rodent in the story. Okay. So what happens next? Well, we can see the headlines that come after that. Oh, mountain mouse tramples the heavens. Goodness. He just destroys the dwellings and all the beings in its path and goes through, you know, this of course the story being told by my grandmother to me. And Indra couldn't take this anymore and ejected mountain mouse from the skies, from the heavens. And he goes bouncing down all the way to earth. You know, this giant sized mouth and starts wrecking havoc and destruction, the path of destruction even on the earth. He was trampling on the dwellings of people, destroying forests and lakes and farms, affecting people's livelihoods, you know, just a general trail of destruction everywhere. And you can see how the headlines would say, rampages through the earth, oh my goodness. And all this because of this little tiny little mouse, you know, that's elusive, that's there in our head. We're never quite aware of the kind of damage that it causes or the kind of destruction it might um, bring about. We become aware of it if we pay attention, but usually we don't. And I think that's, for me, a huge big part of these five days where I reach out to the different people and aspects of my karma, my karmic connections, and examine and listen and try to really listen as to what it is that's been happening, you know, as my karma has been playing out in my life for the last one year. So yeah, mountain mouse, my little mouse ravaging through the heavens and the earth. <laughs> and what next? Well, on earth, there was a very great sage in those days. His name was Parashara. And mountain mouse was heading towards sage Parashara's ashram. And as you can see, he was a very accomplished sage. And in the picture, there is a little um, depiction of a deer in the background, some, a cow that's being fed. And look, there's even a, a, a lion that's just sitting there. It's almost like a little Garden of Eden. And if you look at um, the people that are engaged in these spiritual practices, almost like I think uh, it brings to mind for me Patanjali. In the Yoga Sutras, there's a part where he says, a person who's a true yogi um, develops a sense of peace and calm and all beings perceive those vibrations of peace and lose the sense of enmity or predator prey and so on. So that kind of a place, which in fact um, was where Ganesha was visiting. Right? He was so attracted to that kind of vibes and he happened to be there. 
And our mountain mouse thunders right in. And there he is, looming large, right over the ashram. I don't know if you can see him there, but threatening to trample all over the place and destroy the things. And Ganesha said, enough. And he has a noose that he operates. That's one of his um, uh, weapons, if you will, for Ganesha that he holds in one hand. He throws a noose at the mouse, yanks him. And the poor mouse bounces around and says, ah, and gets yanked back to fall at Ganesha's feet. And at this point in time, um, the story basically says that the shock of this event, where you, know, you feel yourself being yanked and pulled down to the ground at somebody's feet, uh, made the, the mouse, Crouncher, um, look back on what it is that brought him to that state of affairs. All these events that transpired, the court, his ego trampling over the heavens, his fall from the skies, the trail of destruction on earth, all of that flashed before his mind's eye. And he really felt sorry for that. That wasn't really his intention. He didn't realize, or it didn't realize, that that was what was happening. It was just going about its business. And the mouse said, oh, did I do that? All of that? I am so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. And I often feel like that when, you know, there's that spotlight on my behavior at times. And I say, no, I didn't really think I was being like that. I didn't think I was doing that. I'm so sorry. And when he heard the remorse in the story, Ganesha forgives the remorseful mouse. And in the bargain, he realizes that the mouse right, has this ability, the skills that are very useful for him in his mission to remove obstacles. He's the remover of obstacles, Ganesha. He says, yeah, you can be my ride. That'll be your transformation. That'll be your saving grace. And that's how Ganesha managed to snag the mouse for his ride. And this is the story of Kaunchya. Surrender, which is what Mushaka did towards the end of the story, is really the key in how we um, deal with our karma, how we deal with the manifestations of our ego, you know, over the course of these five days and even beyond, of course. But as it did in Kaunchya, our ego, the thoughts in our mind that are manifestations of that, you know, presents our karma to us, to me specifically. <laughs> I see that in very, very flattering terms, right? In very unreal, but very flattering terms. It's never my fault. I'm perfect. And this is the nature of many of the blocks that are manifest in our karmic coverings. And by these coverings, I mean those, you know, three, four, five layers that we work through these five days and even beyond, as we sit on the cushion every day in our practice. And last week in satsang, Babaji was saying something very relevant for this. I heard him say that the Shakti, when it works on you, the Shakti will take you through every insecurity, every illusion, and every obstacle that exists in you. 
on the way to that state of perfection. You have to be willing to face it and move beyond all of it. And as I was working on this story last week, I said, this is just perfect. It's amazing how he's always able to capture the essence of what I'm thinking in a sentence or two. I just love these quotes. And I'd like to read that again. The Shakti takes you through every insecurity, every illusion, and every obstacle that exists in you on the way to that state of perfection. You have to be willing to face it and move beyond all of it. In summary then, in conclusion, the story of Krauncha, Ganesha's mouse, Shakti presents a karma to us. It's there. When it works, what manifests is our karma. And our heartfelt wish to grow, my heartfelt wish to grow for me, draws Ganesha's energy to flush out and tame these projections of the ego. I just have to be surrendered enough, right? To work with the karma, to work past these things, as Babaji said, on the way, hopefully, to union with Shiva. So you can see on the screen, I've got our two chants for tonight. Um, so a, a key word that have, that comes up a lot in, uh, in chanting to Ganesh is Ganapati. And what you may or may not know about the translation of that, and again, Chaitanya, feel free to chime in on adding or subtracting any of this. Um, Gana, people, pati, leader, leader of the people. Interesting, you know, take on that term that we actually chant a lot. It'll be uh, in both of our chants tonight. And, you know, Ganesh is the overseer of the earth. And so, therefore, um, being leader of the people also makes a lot of sense. And uh, we will be chanting to uh, Ganesh on a, on a lot of levels. Your mother is Parvati. Your father is Shiva. You have one tusk and a great presence. You have a big belly and an elephant's face. And the finale, of course, you ride Mushika. So we're sort of almost like telling a whole story. Um, there's some pretty cool Sanskrit going on in this first chant. So dive into it and enjoy it. Um, I think it feels really good to, to, to chant this one. And then the second one is a lot simpler, basically focusing on this concept of Ganesh as leader of the people and victory to Ganesh, etc. And so let yourself sort of dive into that, to the, the translation a little, let it inform, you know, the depth of your chanting. Anything to add to that, Chaitanya? No, that was very good. Perfect. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, I'm going to go back and we'll start this music. Jai Gana 
feel free to adjust your seat. We'll get ready for meditation. And start to regulate your breath flow. And try to use less and less effort to do so, so that you're breathing with less and less effort over time. It can be helpful to focus on the exhale, to let it really complete itself. And you'll find then that the inhale draws in almost automatically. And it leads to that effortless breathing. You know, there's a saying that one thought leads to 10,000 thoughts. And there's also a saying, when you see one mouse, there's probably more than one mouse in that area. And so as you're watching your breath, Patanjali, Shemaraja, Lakshmanju, Babaji all tell us. Try not to let your mind wander for even half a second. Because that little wandering generally snowballs into bigger wandering. Now we can't do that with our will. We can only do that with surrender. We have to surrender in order to really value the present through surrender. You actually value your breath.
you can give your mind the mantra, Am Sa, Am as you inhale, Sa as you exhale. And you're using the mantra to help you surrender. You're focusing on the mantra by letting go of all the other stuff. Willful focusing only lasts a moment, but surrendered focus lasts longer.
the difference between a mouse and a thought is that we're not trying to catch our thoughts and get rid of them. We're actually trying to just let them go by. So when you find yourself thinking, feel your body, feel your breath. and reconnect with the heart and that grip on the thought will loosen naturally.
and start to deepen your breath flow a little bit. And let that help you feel the space of the body and the room that you're in. Initiate a little movement to your spine, shoulders, neck. And we can take a moment with the hands at the heart. Just dedicating our merit. So the work that we've done tonight as a Sangha and as individual practitioners, you've generated some merit in the heart and it's like nectar and the flower. And you can breathe into that space of the heart. And with an exhale, you can offer that nectar up vertically out of the crown of the head. And it's a way of both offering it up to the source of the teachings, the teachers, as well as your own savings account. And hopefully we'll all have many opportunities in the coming week to offer up a little bit of gratitude and a little bit of nectar as we go through the holidays. And thanks for spending this bit of time with us. Namaste.